You're listening to Environmentally Speaking, a weekly podcast diving into legal matters surrounding the environment, public utilities, energy, zoning, and permitting laws in Rhode Island and the surrounding areas. With your host, Marissa Desitel. Hi, everybody. I am uh, Marissa Desitel. This is Environmentally Speaking. I am solo today. My co-host, Clarice Parsons, is doing something else. I can't remember what the heck it was, but clearly more important than this. Um, and in a, an exciting turn of events, I was able to convince a friend and colleague to speak with us today. So you're going to be listening to the two of us give you a little bit of background and then an update on um, some of the policies and programs at the state level and get her side of the experience being um, an environmental professional. So um, the person that I'm talking about is Elisa Richardson. She is a professional engineer and currently working with the Rhode Island Department of Transportation. She is the acting administrator of the environmental division at that agency. Prior to being at DOT, Elisa worked for the Rhode Island Department of Environmental Management, which is where the two of us had an opportunity to work together. So hello, Elisa. Hey, good morning. Good morning. So I, I just gave a little bit of background for you, but I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind providing our audience with some more information about your um, education and work history. Sure. Um, I'm also a management professional and uh, my work at DEM was in the water resources section, which includes the wetlands and the septic system group. Um, I focused mostly on water quality, uh, water withdrawals and stormwater management. Um, and now I'm, I'm helping DOT achieve consent decree goals because they slapped on the wrist for not doing enough stormwater. And now they have uh, quite the prescribed uh, set of uh, goals they have to meet now. So it's been a lot. It's been, it's been a lot of a uh, lot of re very rewarding uh, helping to make improvements around the state water quality wise. Now, when when you say that. DOT got slapped on the wrist. What do you, what does that mean? Actually, it's a little bit worse than that. Uh, yeah. So uh, EPA said, Hey, you know, for 20 years, you haven't been doing the right, you've been ignoring stormwater. You haven't been keeping with your, uh, your basins. You haven't been cleaning your catch basins. You haven't been uh, putting in you know, ponds where you need to, to stop paying and, and to improve, to keep the water quality at bay. And uh, so they, they went to court and went to, uh, uh, went to a, and ended up in a consent decree with a judgment um, between EPA and DOT. And they had to spend a hundred million dollars in 10 years on stormwater. And that's the office of stormwater management at DEM was, was born. DOT. I, I still go back and forth between. I know, but at DOT was born. Yeah, I forget yeah. sometimes that we don't work at DEM anymore. <laughs> it, was a, <laughs> it was a good run while we were there, though. So it was a good run. Yeah. So is it fair to say that you started at the Department of Transportation as a result of that enforcement action from EPA? Yes. Okay. Yes. And how long have you been yeah. there? Five years now. Okay. And besides working for DOT, we also do private work together, right? You and me, saving the planet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. 
so yeah, I do some, uh, yes, I've worked as an expert um, a few times at DEM side and uh, not yet at DOT, but on the private side. Um, and uh, it's been it's been a very interesting learning experience. I think it's helped me on the, at the state end as well, sort of seeing really the whole culture of development happens. Um, you know, it's interesting when I when I work for the DEM, you're immediately respected and you're immediately listened to. And I and I and then when I work for a client. I'm the same person. I'm doing the same. I'm saying the same things. Um, it's just they're kind of blanking out. Sometimes board members might be. Or I remember one time I t- tried to testify, and uh, they just did, I was completely ignored. I was considered like Joe Q. Public, you know, and so or maybe Jane Q. Public. But <laughs> uh, uh, it wasn't until we asked you to represent this case and you had to present me as an expert until they actually recognized and I got a place at the table to actually speak or the comments at the end um so and then all of a sudden that that weight was you know a lot a lot higher it's um it's interesting to hear you talk about that the case that you're mentioning is the um sand pond matter in Warwick, where a non-government, nonprofit group was objecting to a project that was likely to impact the water quality of a particular natural resource called sand pond. And you're absolutely right that your testimony in that case was the same, whether or not an attorney introduced you to the board um, and and whether or not you were represented um, by me or someone else, the subject matter of your objection never changed, but the board will not recognize an expert unless an attorney introduces that person and puts them through a, a mini expert analysis so the board can then formally recognize the person as an expert. So you could stand up. I've seen it happen, actually, in front of other uh, municipal boards where folks stand up and think that they can ask to be recognized as an expert. And it just doesn't work that way. So unfortunately, for municipal projects, groups do have to spend the money to hire an attorney. Um, But I I think it's worth it. I mean, having an expert witness explain to a layperson what the issues are with stormwater and water quality is... I mean, you need an expert. People don't have that base of understanding otherwise. So um, talking a little bit about your experience on the the municipal process, what is your perspective on how municipal boards like planning boards and zoning boards view what DEM and CRMC are are saying in, in the municipal process? Yeah, so uh, that um, that also was very enlightening. Um, having started to to you know work as an expert in, in private cases, is that uh, when when a um, when a project comes before the board, and so there's there's sort of two bubbles happening with that aren't communicating. There's the cities and towns, and then there's the DEM or CMC, and they're not always 
and the, then the go-between is the developer or the consultant. And some consultants, not all of them, but some of them are very good at playing, you know, mom against dad, I guess, you know? Yeah. And so they'll, they'll be very selective in the information they provide to, um, to, the, to the city or town and vice versa. They won't tell the DM that they're having all kinds of zoning issues or planning issues or, and, and then on the other side, they won't tell the tenant, you know, DMs was asking a lot of questions about the setbacks or wetlands, you know, or the, 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 the size of the, um, of the project or the size of the development. And, um, and so, but the, but the other big thing is, is that, is that there are different rules for the, the boards and the towns and for DEM, there are different uh, areas of responsibility. So the DEM and CRMC are all about like the wetlands, but planning and zoning are about what is your community like? What does your community want to, want to be like? And so um, DEM will say, okay, this footprint building goes here and you've set it back far enough for wetlands, you did your stormwater, that's fine. but they don't, they don't care what goes in that building. They don't care what, you know, how many trucks go in and out of that building. They don't care about uh, what, what hazardous materials might be coming in and out of that building. That's not their jurisdiction. That's not their responsibility. They don't care if the building's super high and it's a giant tower. They, they don't care that that's not under the, you know, or is it a, it, it, you know, is, was it the biggest building you could put on there what did it have the right number of the right amount of parking um all of that is not under dem so you just can't go in to walk into the city or town and say um well it has dem approval so this is the project that's not but that's there. what happens right exactly what happens yeah yeah and um in in my experience and i'm i'm sure yours as well in appearing and testifying before the the planning board and zoning boards of the various municipalities in rhode island Developers and consultants, when they get to the environmental discussion about a project, will often say, "You town, you can't have an opinion on this because DEM or CRMC at the state level has approved it. So you should defer to them and just don't even do your own analysis and let's move on to the next issue. And I don't think that's appropriate. And it sounds no, like it sounds like you agree. No, I do agree. Um, again, it, there are so many nuances to a development. Um, you know, it, what, what if it's a, a McDonald's drive-through and you're in your right in your backyard, and you've got all these lights everywhere? Well, Dion doesn't doesn't care. That's not. So you do have something to say about it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> all right. Yep. So uh, instead of that deferential treatment, let's call it. What would you, as a as a an expert and someone who cares about the planet, what would you like to see happen to that DEM and town process? Yeah, I've been yeah. saying for a long time. I think to see that communication to be a lot better. Uh, I think they tried to do that with the new regulations, um, and uh, it's a it's partially there, mostly because it's more that DEM is now going to require with these new regs. They're going to require your master planning approval um, documentation. Uh, sometimes they'll go into DEM before they get master plan approval and then say, this is it. Or, I mean, then I suppose, I don't know. It's, it's you know, so, that, so 
it's not like in stone oh it has to be this way because DEM said okay um so yeah that but it's it's not quite probably as thorough of communication as I probably would have liked to see but I think it's a step in the right direction and when you say new regulations what are you talking about yeah, so January, I mean, July 1st, the new regs uh, for freshwater wetlands and CRMC are coming out. And uh, it's going to pretty, it's going to change a lot of the, it's going to change the permitting process dramatically and also how the reviews are done and how things are submitted. So it's a pretty big overhaul. Do you think the, the changes that you've talked about are going to make the process more confusing? With the cities uh, and towns? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's more confusing for everybody right now. I mean, the, you know, it, uh, for consultants, there are going to be mistakes. I mean, it's just when you make that kind of a change, you know, everybody's wet behind the ears for that. Wetlands are going to be wet behind the ears for, for a good, uh, I don't know, six, eight months, a year maybe even, um, trying to exactly figure out how to go about it. I mean, they're training their own staff. They have to train their own staff. I mean, uh, some of the reg writers were, I remember at DOT 10 years ago, they were starting to rewrite these regs and they were in meetings on a weekly basis. I mean, you can't, you know, for five years, you can't, you know, have that much going on and that much discussion uh, all of a sudden just pop out (laughs) and have everybody get inside your brain that quickly, you know? Are you anticipating on the on the private side as a as an expert? Are you anticipating having or working with clients that you'll have to provide testimony to the municipal boards on what the new regulations actually say? Uh, They're going to look to you, right? You're the expert, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm more on the engineering side than the wetland side. Uh, I think before in the regs, it would have been easier for me to testify in terms of this is the wetland flag and this is the distance you should be set back from the wetland flag. But now it's um, you will need a wetland biologist as an okay. expert because it probably is going because the, the, the setbacks are now based on is it a swamp? then 40% bog of cedar swamp. So I don't know, like there's so many different variables to these setbacks. Um, There could be difference of opinion. No, I think it's more than 40%. Fen and it's this much bog or you know I'm not I'm sure I'm sure I'm using the wrong term so if you're a wetland biologist please that I'm, I'm an engineer I'm, I, I would I defer to you so to speak um, so I do I see in the future at least when you're negotiating setbacks from these what could be wetland opinions about what kind of wetland this is it could mean the difference of yeah, 15 to 20 feet but that could be where your pool goes or your stone wall or or a you know, 12 bedroom house versus a three bedroom house, you know, so. Yep. So are you thinking that the new wetlands regulations won't necessarily impact your scope of expertise or will they? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think uh, it, once the setbacks are set that, so there's going to be like two phases like this before it was just so simple, isolated wet, no end zero combined wetland, 25 feet. You know, if it's a 10 foot wide river, you know, hundred foot larger than 10, 
you know, 200 feet and that's it, you were, you were done. Now there's, there are buffers, there are um, setbacks, there is a buffer zone, there's a jurisdictional area. Like, I mean, once you decide what the wetland is and what those buffers are, then uh, the engineering part of it is pretty straightforward and the stormwater part's the same. So, uh, you know, I think, I think, the, I think the argument's gonna be a little bit on those, on those uh, buffers now. Okay, so that's the takeaway, know your buffers. Yeah. Yeah, your buffers. That is my big takeaway. Um, I, I, another thing I wanted to mention. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> something I want to mention about um, being an expert. I, another experience I found that really surprised me is that if if the um, the board or even the court reading the that sand pond judgment, um, which we won by the way, congrats. Uh, if if you didn't have opposing experts, um, they it's almost like the experts are like a, on a weight on a scale and they cancel each other out. So, if the, so on the, the, for the, for the judgments that we didn't have an opposing expert, it's almost like they kind of rule the other side's favor. But when you had two experts saying different things, which seems kind of difficult, but it does, it, it almost like weighted out. And, uh, you know, so it's, you can see why like these large developers have so many experts on their side because if it goes to court the judge says okay they're the expert and it just takes that one opinion it doesn't matter what anyone else says doesn't matter what the public says it doesn't matter it was it was pretty revealing yeah yeah and frankly as an attorney i i love that because i have a very uh well respected including you elisa network of professionals that i bring in for my environmental cases, because I'm not a, I'm not a technical expert. I know a little bit and I prefer to, to make sure that I've got the resources on my client side that we need to explain to anyone that we're appearing in front of why a project should or should not go forward. And it's, 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 it's a wonderful tool because there's so much technical information associated with the environment that a lawyer is just not, I mean, my role is very different from what a subject matter expert is discussing. So it, it can be frustrating, sure, that this expert says yes, this expert says no, they cancel each other out. But that just means you have to get the more qualified expert, in my opinion, <laughs> which is why I like working. Or, and you have to find goals. What's that? <laughs> or you have, and you have to find the holes in the other in yes. the opposer argument. That 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 becomes, if they understand them, if the board understands it and the judge understands it, that's yeah, that's another topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, Elisa, any any last thoughts here or advice that you might have for someone appearing before a municipal board? Uh, yeah, I would say um, at first I I'm, I'm kind of like an an educator by like that's kind of like my natural tendency to want to teach them about yeah. stuff and that I really saw wasn't doesn't wasn't fruitful <laughs> and so, <laughs> not that I you know so it, it ended up being uh really try to be simple clear maybe uh factual and if analogies help sometimes uh you know we had a few phrases we coined you know like 
what happens to sand pond stays in sand pond. Um, you know, some things that sort of ring true. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it it's just yeah. Stick stick to the facts and and uh, and then look for the holes. But uh, yeah, be confident and and but but uh, I don't know that yeah. Be stupid. <laughs> yeah, and, and don't try to use words that that are your natural vernacular in your technical like you can but you maybe I, I think it's I think uh, the more intelligent person can actually explain it can explain things in, in more common words right yep all right well I uh I appreciate all the references to sand pond that was a a, a good case to work on with you and uh, I hope that um, you'd consider coming back maybe in the future if um, our, our audience has any follow-up questions. Uh, so maybe keep that in mind. And um, thanks for your time this morning. If anyone has any comments or questions for Elisa, you can reach out to us at help at desateliesq.com. And we are available on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, yeah, I'm, I really appreciate your time, Elisa. And I I hope the audience got a, a good understanding of what it's like working in the environmental field from your perspective. I hope so too. And thank you, Marissa. It's always always a pleasure working with you. And uh, you know, I consider you to uh, keep fighting the good fight. Appreciate it. Same. You too. <laughs> All, right. All, right. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Well, Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Environmentally Speaking. If you're in need of an environmental attorney, we are here to help. Call us at 401-477-0023 or visit our website at www.desatellaw.com. That's www.desatellaw.com.